don't know what brought you here today, but I'm telling you, you came on a great day. You came to church on a great day, not just because it's another Sunday, but, but because what we believe God is doing in the church right now. You know what? We're in a series. We just kicked it off last week called Unstoppable. And it's not about X Church. It's about the church, the global church that started some 2,000 years ago that we get to be part of still today. Can I tell you, and for some of you that maybe you're watching this online and maybe someone sent you a link and, and maybe for whatever reason you, don't, you haven't even found yourself wanting to set foot in church. Maybe some of you are here, you're like, I'm kind of here, but I'm not really here. I'm just not even sure what it's all about. And maybe you've kept your distance because of all the things that you've kind of just the black eyes of the church. Can I just tell you for all its ails and screw ups and failures and bad leaders over the centuries and things that people in the church have done in the name of God that is not what something should be done in the name of God. I know the church is messy, it's ugly. I understand all that, but can I also tell you that that same church is also the same group of people that have cared for the poor more than anybody else in history, that have actually ministered to prisoners more than anybody else, that have healed the sick more than anybody else, that have cared for the lost and the lonely, the homeless more than anything else. So listen, I get it. The church is messy. It's messed up, but it's also beautiful. And I believe there is nothing better than to be part of the community of God as, as messy and imperfect as it is. And we always say that if you're perfect, you won't like it here. In fact, don't stay here. You'll mess it up. We got our record. We're, we're all messed up and we're okay with that. And we've been studying about the church and, um, Today's a, today's a cool day as well because today is our birthday as a church. Can we celebrate that? It's, now, when I say it's our birthday, I don't, I don't mean it's the anniversary of when X Church got started. I mean it's the anniversary of when the church got started. Today is known as the day of Pentecost. Did anybody know that? The day of Pentecost. Now, when you hear that word Pentecost, I know immediately some of you, you immediately kind of start to freak out because unfortunately that word has often been kind of described by a certain paradigm of the church. But the word Pentecost, can I tell you this, literally means 50th. It just means 50th day. And it actually goes back to a tradition that God called the Israelites to do. He said, there's three major Festivals I want you to have. There's three times I want you to gather everybody together and I want you to celebrate like crazy. He said one of them is Passover. And then the next one was the day of Pentecost. Now here's how he got to 50. Here's what God told him. He said, after you celebrate the Passover, I want you to count off seven weeks. Okay? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I want you to count off seven weeks, which would, by the way, be how many days? Seven times seven is... 49, and then add a day. Start off seven weeks from Passover, and then add a day. And you're going to have a festival of weeks. They called it weeks because they counted off seven weeks and add a day. And then I want you to celebrate the harvest that I'm going to give you. I want you to celebrate my provision. I want you to come together and celebrate all of that. What I find interesting and maybe even foretelling when Jesus had them do this in the Old Testament is that they landed on the 50th day on a Sunday. Seven weeks at a day. And I wonder if it was foretelling of what Jesus was going to do on Sunday, the first day of the week, when he would get up out of the grave and foretelling of the day when the church would launch when the church had its launch maybe that's why we're all here on 
Sunday. Today is the day of Pentecost, and I thought, what better timing? I don't even know how this worked out. Perfect timing. Yeah, I do. I planned it. But I, what better timing than to look at the moment when the church got started, the church that you and I are part of. It's part of that birthday. And if you would just for a moment just say, Sam, I want to read you two verses, uh, two verses from really last week's context found in Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. I want to remind us of what Jesus told the disciples to do up right before he ascended and went to heaven. In Acts 1, verse 4, it says this. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't leave until you receive the gift. Wait for it. Everybody say, wait for it. Wait for it. He said, you've got to wait for it. Let me pray for us. Father, I, I pray right now, that, Lord, as we turn to your word, that God, you would open up heaven and you would pour out your spirit into us. God, I pray for any person that's here today out of duty and out of tradition. God, I pray they have an encounter with you today. I pray, God, in many ways you would tear down our preconceived ideas of who you are and what you want from us so that today, God, we could be filled with what you want to put in us. God, I pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, God, so that we can see you in a new way. Lord, I pray you help me get out of the way, and I pray you preach this. Lord, I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And everybody said, can we give him praise one more time? Amen. You can be seated. I'm excited. You can tell. I love Sunday. My favorite day of the week. I can't wait for Sunday. As soon as we're done here, I can't wait for next Sunday. You know waiting is hard, isn't it? Do I have any impatient people in the house just want to own it? Like, I hate waiting. There are some people that are patient. I don't understand you, but I'm, I'm that person that's like, I am so, I can't wait for things to happen. I think we spend our whole lives waiting for significant moments. I think about when we're young, you know, we're growing up, and then we look at older people, and we're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 16. I get my driver's license, freedom, or, you know, we can't wait until we graduate, so then maybe I can go to college and get out of the house and be on my own. There's all these moments when we're looking ahead going, I cannot wait. Some of you go, I can't wait until we get married. Right? And then some of you are married and you're in school and you're saying, I can't wait till we start a family. And then there's others of you that you're th saying, I can't wait until we retire. I can't wait to quit working. I can't wait to do that. Like some of you are in that place in life and I'm so jealous, okay? Like I'm waiting. We're, we're just, we're constantly waiting. And I hate waiting. But one of the things that I think has helped us with waiting is uh, some services that we get whenever we're waiting. Like, uh, one of the things I'm really, really thankful for is Amazon Prime. Anybody here grateful for, thank you, God. We could just praise Jesus for Amazon Prime. and Thank you, God, for giving us Amazon Prime, Jeff Bezos. And it's so great to be able to order some. I don't ever buy anything if it's not Amazon Prime because I want it in two days or less. And I feel like an abundance of God's blessing whenever I see that my item says, free same day delivery. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. It's the greatest thing ever, right? And there's some services that we have today when we're waiting for a package, when we're waiting for something. There, there are these services. In fact, I'll tell you about one that I learned about maybe a year and a half ago. It's changed my life, okay? 
It's totally changed my life. It's called informed delivery. Has anybody ever heard of informed delivery? If you have, raise your hands. Okay, almost nobody in this. I'm gonna, I am going to, um, I'm just gonna bless you today. You're gonna need to get something out. You're gonna need to write this down. It's gonna change your life, okay? If you go to the United States Postal Service, they have this service called informed delivery. Some of you are shaking your head going, it's the greatest thing ever, where every morning I get an email with a picture of all of the mail that is going to be delivered into my mailbox that day. It is amazing. It's a picture of every letter so I can sit there and I can look and go, nope, don't care, that's junk mail. I'm not going to the mailbox today. You ever do that? It's like I'm not, I'm not walking 100 paces to my mailbox today. No way, not for that. It'll also tell you about packages being delivered that day by the postal service. I mean, you need to get this right? Or it's kind of like setting up text alerts with UPS and FedEx, an incredible thing. There's nothing better than when you buy something online. You all know this. If you like to shop online, then you get the email that says your item has shipped and they give you the tracking number, which comes straight from heaven. You immediately go to the website and you look and you just, you just sit there and you like, like you follow the package as it comes to you. Don't we do this? We get on there like, oh, it just left facility in San Diego. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it arrived in Colorado, Denver. Yes, oh, praise God. Oh, I got to St. Louis. It's getting closer. I can feel it. And when you see that it is out for delivery, is it not one of the greatest feelings ever? You're like, today is the day I get the package I've been waiting for. There's nothing like informed delivery. Now, now can I just tell you something about Jesus' disciples in this moment? They didn't get informed delivery. Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us that he issued a command and he said, Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem and wait for it. Wait for the gift that my father promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit, wait for it. Now, I know that if I were in that moment, one of Jesus's followers, I would have immediately asked this question, how long? I wanna know when it gets here. Can you give us a tracking number, Jesus? What's the tracking number of this package coming from heaven? Did God send it Amazon Prime? In two days, can I expect it? How long should I wait, right? Jesus, he just says, go and wait. Go and wait. I don't know if you ever feel like you're in a place where you are waiting on God. That's what he told them. In fact, they all went and they gathered together in this room and they just simply waited. In fact, the Acts 1 tells us they waited and they prayed constantly. They waited and they prayed. They waited and they prayed. And you know what I thought? I thought that kind of feels like a rhythm of life that I have to live a lot. I kind of feel like, and I don't know if you do, but maybe there are some things that you have been praying for in your life that you've been waiting on God. And sometimes the most frustrating place to be is where you're praying for something, but you don't see it. That's one of the most frustrating things is when in your life you're praying over and over. Now, in this situation, God said, Jesus said, go and wait. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, you know, it's like Wednesday, and and he told them, and so I imagine Thursday. Thursday, they gather in the morning. All right, everybody, come on, let's meet it. You know, they got this Airbnb in Jerusalem, and they're all staying in this one place. And so they're like, all right, let's all meet together. And so I imagine on Thursday, they showed up in the morning, And they're like, hey, does anybody know what time delivery happens here? When does the postal service come by? I don't know this gift he's going to drop off at the door. Does anybody? I don't know. And so they just, they gather together, and it says they were constantly in prayer. Nothing else to do. I don't know. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. So they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and nothing happens. They have lunch. They have dinner. 
They break bread. And, okay, well, I guess we'll meet back here again tomorrow. And so then Friday comes, and they all come back Friday morning, and they're all together, and they're waiting, and they're praying, and they're waiting, and nothing happens. And this is the Sabbath, and it's like, okay, well, he told us to wait, and they're all probably all staying in the same place, and so I guess we'll do the Sabbath together. So now they're waiting again, and they're just, they keep waiting, and Saturday comes and goes, and then guess what? Sunday, it's Sunday, everybody knows about Sunday. Sunday's the day Jesus, it must be today. He said a few days, it's Sunday, and Sunday, they get ready, and okay, all right, here we go, here we go. And nothing happened. And then Monday, and nothing happened. And then Tuesday, and nothing happened. Have you ever felt like you're in Tuesday? Have you ever felt like you're in Wednesday? Come on, I know there's things that you've been praying for. I've been praying for some things. I'm praying for specific things in my life. Some of you have been praying, God, bring a spouse into my life. Some of you have been praying, God, would you bring this provision we need? Some of you have been praying and waiting for a job situation to change. Some of you have been praying and waiting for God to do something in your family, and it has been years, and you start to get frustrated, and maybe you're tempted to step out of the place of waiting. Maybe it's never going to come. But if I could just encourage you with something that we're going to see today in this story is that sometimes there's a purpose for the delay. Sometimes what we cannot see on this side of life, there is absolutely a purpose and a strategy for what God wants to do. So here's what I want to encourage you with this. Don't give up. You never know when God's going to show up. You hear me? Don't give up. Whatever it is, whatever season, you're in a season of waiting, don't give up. Because you never know when God's going to show up. How do we know? Because God did show up. And we find that in Acts chapter 2. If you got your Bible, that's where we are. Acts chapter 2. This is week 2. Uh, they won't always follow perfectly. But Acts chapter 2, it's week 2. I want to read to you what happens in the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. One of the most powerful moments of the New Testament church. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. It says, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Verse four says, and everyone present was what? Can you all say that word out loud with me? They were filled. Come on, say it again. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now this moment was the launch day for the church. If you're here last week, Jesus said, I'm gonna build one thing, and that's my church. And this is that moment. This was launch day of the church. Now, most of you that are in our church were not around at launch day of X church. Okay, I know that, because I was there, and most of you were not there. And we had a launch day, and I was thinking about launch day here in the original church, and then I was thinking about our launch day as an extension of the church. And um, I gotta be honest with you. Our launch day did not feel near as eventful as this launch day in the book of Acts. I just want you to, to know that. It wasn't near as, in fact, I, I found this is kind of a coveted um, piece of memorabilia from that moment because we didn't have much, but um, I've got one picture that somehow, I don't even know how, but I, it's, it's, I've got this one picture that captured launch day at X Church. Would you like to see it? Now, you gotta be, you got to be gentle, okay? you got to be gentle. So the launch church at X Church, go ahead and stick it up on the, on the wall here. That was launch day at X Church. 
You'll notice it's the same thing, but the room was a little bit smaller and there was very few people. In fact, there were often uh, days where there were more people on the platform than there were seated in, in the crowd, okay? This was launch church, launch day. And um, actually, what's, what's really fascinating, this is one of my favorite things, is that there's a family that's sitting on, on your right, as you look over there, they were the only guests that showed up on our launch day. I like to joke about it. We put an ad in the paper and it went in the wrong paper. And uh, things did not go well. And we had one guest family that showed up on launch day and it was the Hughes, who by the way, are still in our church today. Can you all give it up for the Hughes? Because can I just tell you, anybody that would show up at church looking like that, with a green pastor, and then come back the next week, God bless them. I'm so grateful for them. You know what? Churches don't start unless people keep coming back. And so I'm so grateful for you guys. I love you guys to death. And they're daughters, and they're now married to men who are part of this church, and they've got grandbabies who are in this church. There's a generational work that's happening in this church. And, and you know, the Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And then I thought about it, and I thought, you know, you know, actually, now that I think about it, we actually had two guests that show up, showed up that first Sunday. We did. We had the Hughes, but we also had the Holy Spirit that showed up on that Sunday. And I know it didn't seem like it was the book of Acts, and it wasn't one of those crazy things, but can I tell you how I know the Holy Spirit showed up when we launched X Church? Because I'm standing here today looking around as we witnessed over 5,000 people, more than 5,500 people who have said yes to Jesus and all the people that get baptized and the lives that have been changed and marriages that have been restored and the people that have been healed and you're sitting in a movement that got started by the Holy Spirit, not the Hughes. I mean, I'm grateful they were there, but I'm even more grateful that the Holy Spirit was there. And, and when I think about the launch, this was the unexpected launch in Acts chapter 2 because they didn't know what to expect. Jesus just said, go and wait for it. Wait for what? Just, just wait for it. What am I waiting? Just wait for it. And day after day after day, they wait and nothing happens. This was more than a few days, by the way, Jesus. You're, uh, you, you didn't really describe well enough how long I was going to have to wait. And then it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, the first word, you should underline that if you got your Bible. It says, Suddenly. Suddenly a sound came from heaven. Suddenly something happened. Suddenly. And I started to think about how, how life works and honestly how God works. And I, and I realized that God often works in suddenly. Now, now that's our perspective. That's not his. Because what we see is suddenly is something that God had planned and prepared for all along. I need to show you something about this. See, God, when he moves, in our experience, is always suddenly. Like, for example, many of you, when you came to Christ, you didn't realize it, but all of a sudden, in a moment, faith began to rise up in you. And you went from a place of doubting to somehow, you, I've had people tell me, like, I, I don't know, I just believe. Some of you that had that experience, what was that? You encountered God suddenly. His presence, you felt it. Some of you, for the first time, you showed up at church, and you were like, I don't know, I just felt something that was crazy. That was the presence of God, and it was all of a sudden. 
God, I've, see, I've prayed for people and see God do miracles suddenly. Sometimes gradually, but sometimes suddenly. But can I tell you, every healing does not surprise God, even if it surprises us. Suddenly. God works in suddenly, but I've also found that pain works in suddenly. Hardship works in suddenly. Like, I know you know that because all of a sudden, one day you get a phone call and it changes your world. It's all of a sudden, no one anticipated. You get a phone call, they've been in an accident. All of a sudden, we've had, all of a sudden, you went to work that day, you weren't expecting anything, and they called you in and they had to let you go. And now you're freaking out and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. That's some of you, you've had that story. It was sudden. I didn't see that coming. That's when we say, I didn't see that coming. Suddenly. We go through life and we experience all these sudden moments. We got one of those sudden moments a couple weeks ago. Uh, our staff and we, we had this family, this couple that were a part of our church for years and years um, that moved away a few years ago. And I just remember it was a week ago Monday getting a text out of the blue from Pastor Trey telling me about their situation. And some of you who know them and maybe been following them, but Melissa and Marty Pluth, and they were a part of our Lithopolis campus and a part of our church for years and years and years. And then, and then we get a text out of the blue that says, pray for Marty, he's in brain surgery right now. Like, I mean, he's young. He's younger than I am. He's in brain surgery right now. He, all of a sudden, he just started getting headaches and dizziness, and then it got real bad one day, and they went to the ER, and they did a CAT scan, and they said, you have a tumor in your brain, and we need to do brain surgery. And then the brain surgery, which was only supposed to take a few hours, ended up taking, I think, almost twice as long to do. And then we're getting updates, and this was all of a sudden. Like, we found out the day he was having it. And we're praying for him, and then, we, and then a week goes by, and he still hasn't opened his eyes. And they're talking about having to do some stuff and with the long-term care. And I'm like, what is going on? What I'm saying is that life comes at you suddenly. Can I just tell you, and if you guys are watching, like we are believing with them for a full healing, and I'm praying that it'll come suddenly in the name of Jesus. What I'm saying is that life is full of these sudden moments, and it's often in those kind of moments where you don't understand what God is doing. Can I just tell you this? When God shows up often doesn't make sense to us. When God shows up often won't make sense to you. There's moments like I look at this where they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and he, won't, he hasn't shown up. You said a few days it's been longer. Some of you know that pain. And then there's these other moments where we're waiting and waiting for God to show up and praying, and then it might seem like he doesn't even show up. I was thinking about the story of two sisters who had a brother who, who had fallen gravely ill, and they happened to be really close friends of Jesus. And so these two sisters, they send word to Jesus who's at a distance, and they send a messenger to say, hey, the one you love, your good friend Lazarus, is dying. He's sick. Will you come back and touch him and heal him because we know you can heal. And when Jesus gets the message that his good friend Lazarus is sick and there's a sense of urgency, you need to get back. Do you know what his response was? Uh, I think we're going to stay here a little bit longer. And they don't rush back. And they stay there a few more days. And then finally Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, come on, we're going to go back now. And, and by the time they get back to Bethany where Lazarus is, Jesus showed up four days late. Lazarus had been dead 
and already buried four days late. And do you know what they said to him when they ran up to him? You, you know what one of the sisters said? If you had only been here sooner, if you had only showed up on time, my brother wouldn't be dead. That's what they said. I wonder if you've ever had situations where you're just wondering about God's timing. It doesn't seem to make sense. I don't know about you, but I feel that way a lot. When God shows up, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And even worse, sometimes it feels like God didn't show up in time. I don't know if any of you are um, ex-podcast listeners. Do I have any ex-podcast listeners here today? Hey, listen, if you don't, you you should go on our YouTube or subscribe to it. We, we love to just kind of go deeper and just talking about critical things and culture and we'll have stories from time to time that just speak to life, real life and faith. In fact, the last two episodes that we just released are incredibly powerful. It's a connection to a family that we have. In fact, it's Tucker Johnson, who's one of our worship leaders. It was his family, his parents that came on our podcast. And they came on our podcast because they've lived through these kind of sudden moments. Like they found out about their their other son, Brock, when he was just little, that, that there's a problem. And they said, he probably is not going to survive and he's not going to make it through this year. And then he did. And God just did miracle after miracle for 14 years in the life of Brock Johnson. Finally, he ended up having to have this transplant and this, this uh, bone marrow and all this stuff, very risky. And his body started to succumb to it and, and his health started to go downhill. And if you listen to the podcast, his mom, Christy, she, she said something that kind of grabbed me. She said, here we are, and we're praying. It's not just us, but it was just every, people all over the country, people all over the globe were praying for Brock, for God to heal him. And, and she said, she said I, I told God, like, God, can you imagine what will happen if you touch and heal. If you would show up and heal him, imagine all the doctors and the medical staff and the nurses and the people who are going to go, oh my, how did this happen? It's a miracle. Imagine all the people who are praying and what it's going to do for their faith. And if you would just show up and heal them. Jesus didn't show up. And Brock passed away. And um, they talk about their grief and, and that journey of faith. If you've ever lost something or someone, then you, you probably can identify with what that's like when you pray and then God doesn't show up. Or you prayed for your marriage and then nothing happened and then it broke. Well, I don't know what it is, but I was listening to it and I, I didn't really have the privilege of, of knowing them well then. I knew the community and we had people in our church that were connected to them. And, and so I went to um, Brock's funeral. Some of you here probably went to his funeral. And they they anticipated they didn't have enough room to do it inside a building, so they did it outside at Canal Winchester High School on the stands, and there were over 4,000 people that showed up at his funeral. I mean, his story touched a lot of people. And I remember being there. I mean, there was no room to sit. I was standing in the background, and I was just there. And I'm listening to this family who is sharing their faith and Brock's faith with thousands of people, and they're sharing the good news of Jesus with thousands of people. And then they had a moment where they, they offered, they said, if you want to know the same Jesus and have the kind of faith that Brock had, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. And they shared the gospel, and they asked people, they said, if you prayed that prayer today to respond, raise your hand. And I remember this moment as we looked around, 
And hundreds of people responded to the gospel that day. Hundreds of people. And do you know what I thought? Jesus showed up. He didn't show up when I thought or hoped he would. I guarantee they would have still would. I wish he had showed up and healed. But I'm telling you, Jesus did show up. It's just not sometimes on our timing. Sometimes we're going to pray for things, and it may not happen the way we want it to happen. It does not mean that God does not answer that prayer or that God won't show up. He will show up, but sometimes God has a bigger plan than sometimes some of what we think he should do. And so in this moment, when he finally and suddenly shows up, what doesn't make sense in that moment, why? We've been waiting for days. God was doing something. See, this was the day of Pentecost when he finally showed up. Now, as I mentioned about the day of Pentecost, that was a festival. But if you don't know this, all of the Jews who, who shared their faith, even those who had converted to Judaism, who were foreigners from other places, all of the Jews, guess what they were supposed to do at the day of Pentecost? Travel back to Jerusalem. And so they are all supposed to travel back to Jerusalem. And so what looked like in this moment, God, it does not make sense. Why are we waiting? Why aren't you doing something? While they were waiting, God was actually preparing something. He was preparing to bring thousands of people into the city of Jerusalem for just the right timing. And so God will say, wait for it. No, 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 we want the package. Wait for it. Wait for it. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for God's timing. I want to encourage some of you. What am I waiting for? I'm waiting for God's timing. I'm waiting for God to show up in my situation. I'm waiting for his timing. Now, it's not just when he shows up that sometimes doesn't make sense. You could write this one down too. How God shows up often doesn't make sense to us. It's not just when, but it was how. I don't know if you picked that up, but that first church experience was a little bit different than our first church experience. How, How he showed up. It says that there was a loud noise, a sound like a violent windstorm from heaven showed up. Why did there need to be this loud sound? They were all in a room together. God's going to show up. He could have just talked with his inside voice. Why did he use his outside voice? Showed up in a loud sound. And it says that they began to speak in other tongues or languages. Now, I find that odd because everybody in the room is from the same area. They're all Galileans that have been together for years. So now there's this strange thing where they're talking in other languages and they can't even understand one another. That makes no sense at all. When God showed up and how God showed up made no sense at all. But here's what I want you to see, and I want to read something. I want you to see this. How God showed up in that room did not make any sense. But when you see, and I want you to see this, that sometimes the way God shows up may not make sense in one moment, but it might make sense in the next. Way God showed up didn't make sense, listen, in the room, but it made sense on the road. How do I know that? Because you got to keep reading. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. It says this, At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And they, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. 
They heard this loud sound. They come running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers, and they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Now listen to where they came from. We're Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus from the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya, around Cyrene. This is Africa, okay? Listen to this. They're, they're, they're coming from all over the place. They're visitors from Rome, Italy, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, Muslim people from all over. Muslim countries, all over, listen to this. It says, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed and said, what can this mean? They asked each other. I want you to see this because I felt like God gave me a fresh perspective. Some of you, I know you've heard this story so many times, but how how God showed up that didn't seem to make any sense. He, he showed up in a loud sound. It was so loud that everybody from the city rushed and gathered to where it was. It's like God was starting the church service with a really loud, big song. I don't know, but it was just a loud sound. And it said flames of fire came and, like, and rested. It's like they see these things resting on top of them. Like, what, why do they need to see that these flames of fire come resting on top of them? We don't ever see that. What do you mean they got to see this? And it could be that this was God's way of letting them know the thing that Jesus said when he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This might have been that moment where they go, oh, this is what Jesus was talking about when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And then they begin to speak in other languages, languages that they did not know, but languages of all of the nations that just so happen to be in Jerusalem at just the right time. I guess what I'm trying to say is what seemed really strange to them in the room actually made a whole lot of sense for the people on the road. Does that make sense? And I don't know about you, but I just, I get a sense that today, maybe more than anything else in our churches, what we don't need is just really pretty services and really great music and great kids ministry and a great building and great space and great community and great circles. I know all that is important and we wanna do all of that. But can I tell you the one thing that maybe the church needs more than anything, if we're gonna fulfill our mission of helping people get on the path to God, we need the spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need his presence. We need his power. If Listen, if what you experience when you gather here, you're able to take back to your workplace and take back to school and take back to your neighborhoods and back to your friends. Maybe what we need is the is an encounter with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Why do I say that we need this? Because here's what I know is the very thing that maybe we need today in the church tends to be the thing that a lot of people in the church resist the most. Let's be honest. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's such a like scary portion of what we know as church following Jesus that, that a lot of times we just kind of push aside. I, I've seen this. And, and I, I don't, please hear me today. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not here to try to offend anybody. 
But I also know that in a church like ours, it's non-denominational and, and just available to the community, and we want anybody's welcome. Here's what I know is that we have a, a conglomerate. We have this, like, melting pot of people that come from different kinds of backgrounds when it comes to faith and traditions and denominations and churches, and I'm glad you're here, and I welcome you. I, I, don't, I don't feel like denominations are a thing that we have to hold on to. I feel like Jesus is what we have to hold on to, and I'm not saying that as a knock. I'm not saying that as a, you can be a part of a denomination and love Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes what we've been told can actually get in the way of us experiencing who God is. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to offend anybody, but what I have seen is a lot of times within the Christian community is that unfortunately we can tend to fall into one of two really extreme camps or views when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I've seen this and I've been a part of environments in both. Like I, I, I know that there are groups of people that are weirded out because this is weird. Can I, this is strange. What do you mean? They just begin to speak in other languages and there's loud sound and it's just crazy and it's where it seems. And, and, and so some of you, maybe you went into an environment once that someone said, that's Pentecostal. It's funny how that label has been kind of given. And I think sometimes it's, it's misused. It literally just means 50 days, but it, it kind of represents a, a group of people that maybe it's like, that's not what I believe. And, and, and so for whatever reason, how we're kind of grown up, we kind of put God into a box. God, I'll go to church as long as church kind of just fits my framework of what I think church should be. As long as services are no longer than an hour and 10, maybe, you know, and, and I can get out in time to go to, to lunch. And as long as it's not too, you know, I just don't want, I just want to be able to come and just kind of like, you know, receive and enjoy it and leave. Uh, okay. But can I just tell you that if you put God in a box, you'll absolutely limit what God can do in your life you know that? That's why Jesus said in his own hometown that he was so familiar with, he said he couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Sometimes when you're so familiar with what you've grown up with and all you've ever known, and instead of saying, I'm just open God to whatever you want to do, you will actually limit what God wants to do. Why do we have to have an answer for everything about God? I don't know about you, but my God is so much bigger than any theology that I could come up with. He is far more mysterious than anything I'll ever figure out. So I just get to a place where I say, I don't know, but if it's real and it's authentic, I want it, God. See, the reason why we resist is because we maybe have never experienced. That's why Paul had to tell the church in in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, he said this, the person without the spirit does not accept things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Oh, I went in that place, and they're, they're weird. Because they, I don't know, they're just, they raise their hands, and they clap, and they get excited, and, and, and uh, they, you know, they prayed for me, and I didn't understand what they were saying, and they're weird. I know. But, but it, it says sometimes you can't understand it because only when you experience the Spirit can you understand it. It says they cannot understand them because they're only discerned through the spirit. I understand for some of you, this is going to create a tension in you. I'm okay with that. I'm good with stepping into it. And I hope you're challenged a little bit by it, but I don't want to just stay there because I also have seen the other extreme where there's an unhealthy obsession for all things about the Holy spirit where we don't even talk about Jesus because all we want to do is experience the Holy Spirit goosebumps, the Holy Ghost bumps. Some of you know what I'm talking about. 
all I want to do is just, I want to just have, you know, these kind of moments where, um, you know, it's just chaos, but it's amazing. And, and, and it seems disorderly. And um, why, why do I say that? And again, I'm not trying to offend any tradition or version. I've been in all of these, all of them. I came from a church where uh, I, you didn't know what was going to happen on Sunday. Let me just say that. And sometimes a lack of planning and preparation gets blamed on the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not going to prepare a sermon because you never know what he wants to do anyways. It's like, no, you, that's not going to happen. If God wants to change my message, by the way, he's done that before. I've had God change my message on a Saturday. I don't like it. Me and God, not happy. I'm not happy with him about that. But I always want to be open to what God wants to do. I will plan and prepare and pray. But the moment God says, I want to do this, I'm going to follow. Okay? I, I just want you to understand that. That's what I believe about this. And, and I want to say there's these unhealthy extremes. I want to live in the tension in the middle. I don't want to live in a Holy Spirit club where it's just a few of us who get together all the time and we don't even care about the mission and the calling of the church, which is to go and be a witness of Jesus in the community. And I don't want to live over here where all we do is gather and play little Pentecostal games with each other. I don't want anything to do with that. And I also don't want to do anything. I don't want to be a part of an environment that is so dry and dead that it's the Spirit of God wouldn't come anyways because you wouldn't want them there. I don't want that either. I want to live in the tension of whatever is real, whatever is truly from you, God, I receive it. I know this is going to make some of you really uncomfortable. I can just see it, man. There's so much. Just stretch out a little bit. Relax. It's okay. All right? What I'm trying to say is I really believe that what God did in the room was ultimately for the people in the road. When I look at scripture and I say, why did God give his Holy Spirit to the church? It wasn't just for them. It was for the people around so that we would have the power and the courage to represent Jesus wherever we go. That means when you go to work and there's somebody at work who's struggling and hurting, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give you the strength and courage and power in that moment to go up to them and say, I know you're hurting, can I pray for you? I know that you're battling this disease, can I pray for you? What if we did that with a little bit more boldness? I wonder if we'd see more miracles and God would heal people. Because I think that when God wants to give us his spirit, it's not for us just to have an encounter, but it's so that we can take it with us to the ends of the earth. That's what I know that he wants to do in our lives. And at launch day, that day, the unexpected launch of the church, the Holy Spirit gave Peter the power and the courage to preach one of the most cutting messages. You think this is tense? Go read Peter's message. He was like, y'all killed Jesus. You gotta be ashamed of yourselves. And they're like, what can we do? What can we do? He's like, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you know what the Bible says? 3,000 people were added to the church that day and got baptized. Can I just tell you, I am dreaming of a day when maybe our church or as a church that we'll see 3,000 people get baptized in a day. I'm dreaming of a church. I just believe that God still wants to move in the church today. We're the same church that started 2,000 years ago. We might be in Canal Winchester, but can I just tell you that same spirit that filled those people in that church wants to fill this church so that we can be a representative to 
the community, to the state, and to the nation around. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up on your feet. I want to pray for us, and I just really believe that God will give you as much of his spirit as you desire. I really do. Not for anything weird, but for an authentic encounter with the presence and the power of God to change your life. And I want to pray today for our church to be able to operate. I want our church to be able to experience the fullness of God. Would you pray with me? Father, I I pray for this moment. I pray, God, first and foremost, for those that may be watching this or in the room, that maybe today is their suddenly moment with you. Maybe as I was talking about faith rising up in you suddenly, maybe that's you today that you've kind of been at a distance or maybe you you walked away from God, but today you're just sensing it's time for me to come home to him. This can be that suddenly moment. This is that moment where you say, okay, I'm coming to him and he's giving you the faith. Can I tell you that Jesus loves you so much that he died on a cross for you and God raised him to life on the third day. And if you will put your faith in him and trust in him, very real God, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will change you and fill you with his presence and his spirit right now. And if that's you and that's your prayer, I want to lead you right now in this room. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You say, today, God, I receive you and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Today, I place my faith in you and you alone. And I ask you, God, to change me. I repent of my sin. Today, I turn towards you. I'm asking you, fill me with your spirit. Now, listen, as we're praying right now, I just want to pray for every person today. I I just really believe that maybe God wants to give you a fresh outpouring of his spirit into your life. Maybe you've been dry and weary in your faith. Spiritually, you feel like it's just been a trudge. Maybe you feel like I haven't felt the presence of God in a really long time. I believe right now today, if you will reach up to heaven, that God wants to pour out his spirit, that God wants to fill you. If you don't feel uncomfortable enough, that would you just maybe lift your hands if you say, I want to receive this today. Just maybe lift your hands to heaven and say, God, Today I want you. Today I want an authentic outpouring of fresh outpouring of your spirit. If you haven't felt the presence of God ever in your life, but you're a follower, lift your hand and say, today God, I receive it. Thanks so much for tuning into this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We want to connect with you and we want to be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I want to say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.